You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Robert Lang. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. In origami design, historically, people have always used their intuition to design origami. You know, they have probably started by folding traditional shapes or folding designs by others, developed an intuitive understanding of how the paper behaves, and then from there they can explore that intuition to create new shapes. And and that was the way designing worked for for years and years. And um, and that was the way it worked for me. But but I eventually hit a limit to what I could do with my intuition. And and so part of my motivation for exploring mathematical methods was to externalize some of the design process that that if I could if I could get some of the design process on paper um, in a meaningful way, then I could handle more complicated goals than I could fit just in in my brain. So, in a in a way, it was it was my own limitation in in what I could and couldn't visualize intuitively that led me to develop these design techniques that could then let me go much farther than I and and at the time almost almost anyone else had been able to do in in terms of complexity of of design. Um, and the advantage was I can't teach someone else uh, how to intuit a design, but I, but I could teach them how to use the, the design techniques that ultimately went into that, that book that I wrote. Um, and, and now quite a few people use those techniques, but then they can add on the layer of their intuition to take them even farther. Origami has been more or less continuously changing, ratcheting up in in the complexity and detail of the most complex origami. Now I should emphasize that that's only one of many different threads of origami. So there are people exploring directions of origami that are not striving for greater complexity, but um, but other aesthetic criteria use of curved surfaces, soft folds, um, more naturalistic representations of abstract and human forms and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this, to pick out that one thread that has been in, enhanced by computers, um, that continues to evolve. And, and I don't think there was a single break point. Uh, there's just been a steady increase and uh, it's, it was accelerated by, or it was enabled um, by the evolution both of computer programs um, but, and mathematical techniques for design. And people continue to develop those. Origami shows up in, um, in reusable structures. Um, and, and, and so things that are reusable... Um, are typically something that needs to stow and deploy repeatedly. You know, that you fold it down to a small packet and then unfold it, as opposed to something that you'd use once that you you open it out and fix it in position and then destroy it when you're done. So there is that, there is that potential avenue for origami to, 
to contribute to environmental applications. But we also need to be a little careful that when we when we apply origami solutions, and, and very often origami substitutes folds for some other function like cutting and gluing. You know, if, if I uh, there's there are shapes I could make by cutting and gluing bits together, or I could make it by um, by a single sheet and just using folding. And on the surface, it might seem that oh, just using folding is is simpler than cutting and gluing, but you might need more material to accommodate the extra folds that origami brings in. So anytime we take origami into an application, away from purely aesthetics, and, and actually try to use it in applications, we have to be pretty acutely aware of its limitations and that an origami solution may not be the most efficient for considerations of, of cost or, uh, or manufacturing or environmental friendliness. And for instance, uh, in terms of solar panels, might there be applications where you could increase the surface area and the ability to absorb sunlight during, you know, uh, low sunlight conditions? There could be. Um, and, and so, yes, you could make an origami solar array that, that gets larger in winter and then reduces in summer. But you would still ask yourself, if it can get larger, why not have it larger in summer and actually collect more radiation? You know, where, where is there an application where we want it to collect a constant amount of power as opposed to just as much power as, as possible? Um, so, you know, th these are the, the types of questions that we ask early in the design because they'll, they'll drive us to a solution. The place where origami plays a role in, in solar um, is where it's especially well-suited is if the, if the array needs to stow and deploy, um, if it needs to get smaller. And that's why space is a, is a good application domain, because you always need to get it smaller to fit in a rocket. Um, and, and you might say, well, I... I also, if I'm doing an installation out in the middle of nowhere in Nevada, I might uh, want it smaller uh, to get it there. Uh, you know, travel on a truck. You certainly don't want to take a giant array. But then you need to say, is it better to use folds or is it better to use lots of little pieces that you bolt together on the scene? And, you know, currently it's more cost effective if, you, if it's Nevada to have lots of little pieces you bolt together. If... The location is um, in the orbit of, around Jupiter, then having one, one that deploys is preferred. What were some important lessons that helped you in life? I think the most important, I can distill it down to the most important one, which is a, a saying by a Louis Pasteur, he said, chance favors the prepared mind. And what that means, or at least what it means to me, is that you can't 
predict the opportunities that will come along for you. I certainly couldn't. Uh, my life seems to have been a series of surprises or a series of opportunities um, that I had no idea were in the offing. But what you can do is prepare yourself to take advantage of opportunities when they do come along. And and that preparation for me and what I would encourage others to do is um, to learn about a lot of different areas. You mentioned very early on in this interview that origami was interdisciplinary. And I think that's been the key. Most new things are interdisciplinary. They don't fit neatly within the confines of, of a well-defined field or boundary. Um, but if you learn a lot of different things, you'll be you'll have little bits of experience and knowledge that you can draw upon to go into that interdisciplinary field and, and work on it. So, um, so learn a lot of different things. And how do you go about doing that? I think the best way is follow your curiosity. Um, curiosity is a wonderful thing. Um, and people, people often tamp down their own curiosity because they think, well, this isn't going to lead somewhere. This will never be useful. Um, this isn't contributing, contributing directly to my current goal. And I think we need to relax those constraints and say, if it looks interesting or if it looks fun, that's, that's enough justification to go explore that a little further. Robert Lang, thank you for adding your voice to the Creative Process and One Planet podcast. You're very welcome. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thanks for listening.